This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. doing the show what's going on everybody it is your truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and as soon as i got on the mic uh my google mini began to talk to me for reasons beyond me but thank you all so much for being a part of the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and on this edition of the state of the saints podcast we're going to be talking about saints wide receiver michael thomas Okay, can everybody hear me? I just want to make sure that everybody can hear me before we get into it. Uh, I've been messing with my mic level, so everybody, let me know if you can hear me or not. You know, if you can hear me, uh, just say yes. Okay, I just want to make sure y'all can hear me before I get started. I'm talking to the people in the chat for those that are checking out the recording. All right, so people saying they can hear me. I just want to make sure because sometimes I go at it and everybody like, oh, <laughs> I think I talked maybe like six minutes one time. <laughs> And I ain't looked down at the chat and I'm, I'm just, I had like this immaculate conversation with myself, but uh, we're going to be talking about Michael Thomas. Okay. We're going to talk about Michael Thomas. And um, you know, the fact is uh, we know that Jameis Winston uh, has been extremely proactive this off season, uh, trying to get geared up for possibly becoming the number one quarterback of the new Orleans saints. We know about the, the competition for the first time in 15 years, there's going to be a quarterback competition in training camp to choose who is going to be the starting quarterback. Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston, we've seen him be extremely proactive through those videos that he put out. And we also seen some of the Saints wide receivers 
you know, some like Traquan Smith, uh, you know, also Marquez Callaway, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, the tight end, uh, Tony Jones Jr. Uh, coming into his second year to run it back out of Notre Dame. So all these guys have been doing, you know, I mean, been doing work with Jameis Winston. And, you know, with that, I mean, look, we see these wide receivers and we both, uh, uh, we all see these two wide receivers, Marquez Callaway and also, Traquan Smith, and we know that these guys can be important to the future of the New Orleans Saints, but there's no other wide receiver more important than Michael Thomas. And the question on everyone's mind is, where is he? Like, what? why isn't Michael Thomas working out with the rest of his his, his counterparts, man? I mean, you know, why is he not his, his comcords, as I say, his buddies, his ace boom coons, if you will. Why is he not working out with those guys? And the answer to that is, I don't know. You know, I, I I do know, I do know this. I do know that Michael Thomas is an extremely competitive guy. I also know that he's a little bit of a loner. That's what I, I get from him. He seems like the type of guy that hangs out by himself. He doesn't like to be around a whole bunch of people. Because if you ever follow Michael Thomas on show, uh, social media, you'll see, man, like most of the time is him snapping pictures of himself, like taking selfies. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, he rolls, you know, I mean, I knew he's friends with James Harden and stuff like that, so pretty sure he gets out. But he gives me these vibes like he likes to do things alone, like, including workout, including, like, you know, try to build up his body, you know what I'm saying, build up his, you know, his discipline by himself. But I think what's very important is the chemistry that you have on the field. And maybe Michael Thomas, you know, understands that he's going to be ready, whoever the quarterback is going to be. But I do know that quarterbacks and, and wide receivers need chemistry. And I think that it's very important that he works out with both of these guys. You know, rather he work out with Taysom or rather he work out with Jameis. I think he needs to work out with somebody. I mean, preferably both of these guys because both of these guys are going to throw you the football. I mean, one way or another, both of these guys are going to throw Michael Thomas the football. If Jameis Winston ends up being the starting quarterback, he is going to end up, you know, throwing a football to Michael Thomas. And even with Taysom Hill coming in sporadically, you know, if he was to be, you know, in his Swiss Army role, he's going to be throwing the ball to Michael Thomas. So it's very important for him to have chemistry with both of those guys. But I never question Michael Thomas' ability to be ready. I mean, this is a guy that stays ready. This is a guy that that always comes to camp ready and willing to rock and roll. Had a little bit of a setback last year uh, because of the injury, of course. But for the most part, Michael Thomas – Ever since he's been in the Saints uniform, I mean, he has been going up the trajectory. Every single year, his numbers have gotten better from the year previous. So um, I'm not concerned about this, but I do know that, you know, having camaraderie, uh, having chemistry with your teammates uh, is very, very important. Also helping out some of these younger talents that probably don't have as much talent as you possess there's always that opportunity to give them little nuggets and, and information that can help you. But I don't take anything from this because that's just the way Michael Thomas is. Like I'm, I'm telling you, he seems like a guy that sticks to himself. He has his own discipline. He has his own style. He has his own, he has his own everything, man. That's just the way that he is. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not thinking anything other than the fact that he just likes to work all alone. And some people will probably take this as him being a diva. I've heard whispers of that, right? You know, the, when the whole controversy came out about him and how he acts in the locker room and the whole fight with C.J. Garner-Johnson, people started to 
act or ask questions about Michael Thomas asking like, well, you know what I'm saying? What's wrong with Michael Thomas? Like, did they pay him too much? Did they pay the wrong guy? Like, I, I get all that. I understand that that's going to come with it. But at the end of the day, um, this is a guy that you never question his, his, his heart, his passion and um, his drive to succeed and be one of the very best in football. So what I like to see Michael Thomas out there running routes with the, the rest of the team uh, some of the guys that I've seen, I mean, I've seen Ty Montgomery out there a couple of days before. I mean, I would love to see that. But I can also see, you know, people like Alvin Kamara hasn't showed up, right? Alvin wasn't out there. Alvin uh, catches around 88 passes a, a year, right? You know what I'm saying? He missed the 88. So I'm pretty sure Alvin is going to, you know, be concerned about how the ball is going to come out and how he's going to catch it. Uh, and also some of those other uh, running backs, Latavius Murray. I didn't see him out there either. So, you know, I don't, I don't take anything from this. I think that all those guys are going to be ready in training camp. And also, I mean, there are things behind the scenes. You know, I don't want to fall into that whole, you know, out of sight, out of mind thing. You know, we we have a tendency of believing if it's not on video, then it never happened. And, you know, that's a sad thing, you know, and that 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 takes away from a great story. You know, back in the day, you know, when you wasn't there, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, there were no cell phones, you know, there was no video, right? When somebody tell you a story, you know what I'm saying, they, they had to be a very good storyteller to make you laugh, to make you think. But now it's like people have this tendency of if it's not on video, then it doesn't exist. Like we just feel like because Taysom Hill isn't putting his whole body of work out there, all of a sudden he's not working. But that could be far from the case. I mean, that's just just because Taysom doesn't have a camera around him and follow him around doesn't mean that he's not putting in the work and trying to be the best that he can be getting ready for this competition. So I'm not, I, I, that's just the way that I feel about it, but I would love to hear from you. Thank you all very much for checking out the state of the saints podcast. I, I really do appreciate your time. And now I'm about to answer some of your questions here and um, let's go ahead and scroll up a little bit. Special shout out to everybody here, Brian, Hakeem, Wayne, Jared Poor Jr., Mike, Chanel, and so many others. Uh, thank you, Leanne, uh, supporter of the State of the Saints. But we're going to – let's go ahead and start with Brian. Brian says he's probably resting up. He just had surgery. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, he did have two uh, surgeries on his ankle uh, this offseason, so that, that can have a lot to do with it as well. Yannick says, Coach Payton going to dis uh, disappoint you. Uh in what way, Yannick? What exactly are we talking about here? In what way is, is Sean Payton going to disappoint us? You know, I would love to hear from you on that. Uh, smash that like button, fam. Yeah, absolutely, man. If you love the State of the Saints podcast, uh, go ahead and hit that like button. We got some good stuff coming up, man. We got some, man, I got some great news that I'm going to tell you all later on in the show, uh, you know, about the State of the Saints podcast and also just some of the moves that I made. You know, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but Definitely, you know, if you love the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, hopefully this can become one of your favorite Saints podcasts because we work extremely hard here to put, put out really good content that you all can enjoy. Andrea says, Michael has always had personal workouts and they are uh, secretive. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he doesn't really, uh, you know, he doesn't really come out and tell anyone about his workout routine, his workout regimen at all. You know, people ask him about his hand exercises, like he keeps everything under wraps. And maybe, you know, that just him being a competitor, 
maybe not. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I don't knock anybody for being a loner. Like sometimes people just don't like to be around people. You know, like some people like to get it done by themselves. I'm I'm a little bit of a loner. You know, like I'm not one of those people that like to go out all the time. And I, I like to stay in the house, man. I like to stay in the house, uh, hang out with my son, hang out with my wife. You know, sometimes, you know, my wife gets upset with me because you're like, man, you don't want to go anywhere. You know, you don't date your wife. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I just I mean, me, I, I just like to be a little bit of a loner, man. I mean, I, I, I spend most of my time trying to, you know, build my brand here, you know what I'm saying? Like come up with content that people can enjoy. I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly working, you know, and sometimes, you know, I got to kind of step back and be like, man, I got to, you know, do some other things too. So I might watch a, you know, watch TV or something, but I don't think there's nothing wrong with being alone. You know, I, I really don't. Love seeing that, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, these guys are really working hard out there, man. They're putting in that work. You know, these guys are out here, man. They're running routes. They got a, a guy who specializes in running routes here. And, uh, you know, man, they're they putting in that work. That Jawan Johnson right there, man, that guy is huge, man. He Like, you can tell a guy is huge, like, if he looks huge on video. You know, so if he, can, if he can get it together, man, the Saints may have something there. You know, and, and him working out with Jameis, that might benefit him, man. But we all know what Marcus Callaway can do. Uh, Tony Jones, uh, he had he had some good uh, moments, man, in that Carolina game before he left with that injury. So a lot of these young guys, man, I think they, you know, took it upon themselves to come on out there. I don't know what the uh, particulars were. I don't know if they, uh, you know, flew out there on their own or Jameis, uh, you know, flew them out or, or in New Orleans. It looked like they're in New Orleans to me. I don't know. I I, I I think they may be somewhere in New Orleans looking at that uh that barrier on the side. They look like that that look like that barrier that'd be over there, like you know, off the I 10, like when you go into Kenner. I could be wrong. I can be wrong. No, not Kenner, Metairie. Excuse me, out there in Metairie. Yannick, uh sounds like you need a change team. So what's up with you? Uh I won't say that, man. Yeah, look, Yannick have a right to believe what he believes, Jerry. You know, sometimes you know people just tired of being disappointed. And I think we all the same fans in a way are, are tired of being disappointed, man. Like we, we look at this team, be successful during the regular season only for them to disappoint us in the postseason. You know, like they, they leave us with so many, I mean, they just leave us with so many unanswered questions every single year. It, it'll be one thing, like if, you're, if your team struggles, right? I think about the 1999 New York Knicks. All right, let, let's talk about them for a second, okay? The New York Knicks, they end up with the eight seed in the NBA, right? NBA playoffs. Like nobody expected an eight seed to go all the way to the finals. I mean, basically they were playing with house money. So they end up going all the way to the NBA finals. They, they lost to the Spurs, right? You know what I'm saying? They lost to the Spurs, but at the end of the day, nobody expected them to be there. So as a Knicks fan, you can be like, ah, you know, I understand. You know what I'm saying? But when you're good, right? When you're like, when you're like number one in everything, statistically, you're like one of the best of the best, the crimp, Della crimp, and you just can continuously, like, disappoint the, the masses. Like, you, you have to start looking around and like, man, what is going on and why does this keep happening? So people questioning Sean Payton, I have absolutely no problem with that, man. I'm not here to be a Sean Payton defender at all. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure everybody understands that. I'm not trying to defend Sean Payton at all. What I'm saying is... um, 
you know, people got a right to feel the way that they do. So if you're on the fence to say, okay, these guys are going to win, you know, these guys are going to handle up on their business. But if you're, you fall into that category, you know, that's fine. But if you don't, cool with that too. Kelly Kell says, have you reached out to Mike? Uh, no, I have not. Um, look, man, <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend. I don't, I don't know Michael Thomas like that, man. I don't know Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas, like, you know, I think I said something about Michael Thomas back in the day, you know what I'm saying? He responded to me. I don't want anybody to make it seem like, uh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you well connected, man. Look, I just work extremely hard. Like I'm just being real. I just work extremely hard. I understand that people out here on YouTube, they have like a bunch of subscribers, they have a bunch of followers, and then all of a sudden, like everybody got all they own. No, I don't want anybody to get under that pressure. Like I'm just out here living a lavish life, or I'm I'm on, I'm well connected. I just bust my ass. Excuse me. I just bust my tail, and I try to make sure that I give you all content. You know what I'm saying? Some doors open, some doors close. The thing that works for the state of the saints podcast is the fact that I don't get discouraged when I hear the word no, or, you know what I'm saying? We can't do it that, you know what I'm saying? That that's just what it is. Like, I don't want anybody to believe that. I understand like how people like to run their podcast. They like to make it seem like they big business and they know this person. Nah, uh, uh-uh. what I do is, you know what I'm saying? I just constantly keep pushing and that's, that's just the way that we built this show. I, you know, we built this show through hard work and dedication. So anybody out here that just think that, you know what I'm saying, I'm out here about to go to church in Caicos or something like that off State of the Saints podcast, no. I am constantly building. I am, a, you know what I'm saying, just like everybody else. But back to your Michael Thomas, uh, you know, statement. No, I don't know him, and I haven't reached out to him. And I don't know him like that, you know. But if, if Michael Thomas would, you know, like to be on the State of the Saints podcast, you know, I would like to, you know, get in touch with his representation. I mean – you can feel free to be, you know, feel free to come on the show. I would love to have him, talk to him, you know. The setback last year is a, a big reason, uh, reason to work out uh, with the team and reveal chemistry. Yeah, I agree, Chanel. Uh, I agree. But once again, uh, we don't want to fall into this whole, oh, we, we don't see them on camera. They ain't doing nothing. Like, we don't want to do that. And I understand it's optics, right? You know, like we, we want to see these things happen. And if we don't see them, then we're wondering, are they happening? And if we see some video, we start looking for individuals that look familiar to us. And if we don't see them, then we're like, well, where's such and such? Where's such and such? Um, I get it. But I, I don't want to I don't want to think that it's going to affect the chemistry. I just think that all these guys know what the task at hand is. And a lot of these guys have played together. So I don't think chemistry should be an issue. I think these guys understand one another. So I don't want us to fall into that because in, in all honesty, we, we really don't know what the deal is. You know, we don't know if they're working out or not. Uh, listen, if Jameis plays bad this year, he's going after this year. Pretty much. I mean, Jonathan, look, this is a harm, no foul type contract here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're the Saints, you signed him to a one year deal. Uh, it's basically a prove it deal. So if he goes out there and he does not perform well, if he goes out there and he's throwing interceptions left and right, then you move on from that. 
But if he goes out there and he has a, a really good season, then you can go back to the negotiating table and renegotiate your contract. But, I mean, I'm not really concerned about what's going on down the line. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm worried about what's going on right now. And can he change the narrative of what people think about him? Me, personally, I feel like he can't. You know, I, I, I root for people who are the underdog. I root for people that people wash their hands with, you know, because I feel like everybody has it in them to change the narrative. You know, like I, I used on the last episode, how many times have people wrote, written you off? People say that you're not going to amount to anything. People say that you're not going to build that business. People say that you're not going to uh, be successful in that relationship or your marriage is not going to last. How many times have we heard people uh, denying us and, and, and telling us that we're not going to make it or questioning our abilities or, you know what I'm saying, questioning where we're investing our bread, right? But we didn't allow those things to hinder us from doing it. We, we kept pressing, we kept moving forward and we found the results. So I'm pushing for guys like Jameis. For some people that may not believe this, I'm pushing for people like Taysom because what Taysom Hill is doing He's actually creating lanes for people, for us to have conversations about Tim Tebow coming back, uh, creating lanes for people like Tommy Stevens with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm rooting for all these guys to be successful and, and changing the narrative of what the, the masses believe about them. So I'm a fan of that. I'm a, I'm a fan of people changing the narrative. TJ, where would Jameis and his teammates practice in what city? Tramal, I'm not sure. Like I said, it looked like it looked like there was uh, in Metairie, you know, it looked like it, you know, and, and route guy, um, the guy who actually recorded the video, he's from New Orleans. So wouldn't be surprised if they weren't out there in New Orleans working out. Thomas might still uh, trying to be 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be, too. You know, I mean, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape, man. I mean, he had a picture that came out uh, via Instagram, man. So he, he definitely been uh clanging and banging you know what i'm saying like you know working hard in that gym uh you know so i don't think michael thomas ever be a problem i think this guy thirst for uh greatness uh consumes him and i i, I don't see him like falling off stay of the saints podcast i'm just curious after what yannick mack said that's all yeah jerry i understand but i i don't want you know i don't want people look jerry you're the og man you know what i'm saying you know you know what it is man um <laughs> you like one of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, one of the original people on here on the show, man. So, you know, I, I gotta, you know, when you when you speak, people listen. When you chat, people, you know what I'm saying, feel what you're saying. So I don't want, you know what I'm saying? I don't want Yannick to, you know, get the wrong idea or feel like, you know what I'm saying, like I don't we don't understand where he's coming from. All right. I understand, I understand how you may feel. Uh, first off, the, the fact that, you know, you're a Saints fan, you should root for the team, good, bad, and different. But man, at times when we got to question what's going on, and I, I can't I can't knock Yannick for that. But I, I'm just saying, Jerry, uh, you know, your voice is a little bit louder than others. Uh, <laughs> wasn't the Mavericks a six or a eight seed or something and win uh, the chip that year? Uh, I'm not sure if they – I think they were a pretty high seed, man. I think they were a pretty high seed. Um, I don't think I, I think there was like I don't think there was a one seed. 
because um, that was the first year, like when the, the big three, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch got together in Miami. Because I was actually staying in Dallas that, that that time they won that championship. So I remember that very, very vividly. So I'm not sure, man, but I know one thing. Uh, Dirk, Dirk was unstoppable in that playoffs, man. My goodness. Like, Dirk was unstoppable. They, they couldn't do nothing with Dirk Nowinski at all. Bobby says, TJ, who do you see the Saints signing at cornerback number two? We still have a hole there. Can't expect a rookie to start right away. Um, Bobby, as long as Richard Sherman is out there, I'm going to be a lobbyist for Richard Sherman. Uh, I feel like Richard Sherman would fit in this defense really with her well. Um, I feel like uh, Paulson Adebo can learn from Richard Sherman. I feel like the respect level between Sean Payton and Richard Sherman is there. I feel like the chemistry between Chris Richard, the defensive, the, the secondaries coach, uh, and, and Richard Sherman is there. So I just think that all roads lead there. And when you, when a guy is still on the free agent market and a guy hasn't scooped him up yet, a team, excuse me, a team hasn't scooped him up yet, you start to, like, really, you know, like your chances. Like, really, you know what I'm saying, really like your chances. So – I think as long as Richard Sherman is out there, I think there's a better chance for him to become a New Orleans Saint. And I think it would be a good fit for him. I mean, I'm looking at the 49ers. It seems like they're trying to go younger. Look at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I mean, they lost, you know what I'm saying? They lost, uh, you know, lost a cornerback out there. But at the same time, I just feel like what's taking so long, right? I mean, this is one of – you can look at Seattle and be like, Richard Sherman actually helped build that team. He turned them into a championship playoff contender. So what's taking y'all so long? So why haven't y'all signed him yet? So as long as he's out there, I think they're, the Saints will have a chance, right? That, that's, that would be my that would be my choice. TJ, who are your top three Saints players that will most likely have a breakout season? Uh, my top three, Keen Arthur, thank you for the, for the question and also being a supporter, man. My top three to have a breakout year, number one, would be Adam Troutman. Um, I feel like Adam Troutman would be would have a really a breakout season because he's going to get more opportunities at that starting tight end position. Um, I feel like he merged and, and, and became a better blocker, something that he needed to do in order for him to take his career to the next level. If you follow Adam Troutman in college when he was at Dayton, he was a really good pass-catching tight end. So we know that he can catch the football. Problem is he needed to bulk up a little bit and get a little stronger with his blocking, and he successfully did that. So that is a recipe for success if you are, uh, you know, building, you know what I'm saying, trying to build up on becoming the tight end that you want to be. So I believe in him. That's number one. Uh, Number two, uh, who I feel like is going to have a breakout would be Cesar Ruiz. Um, I think that Cesar Ruiz, uh, coming into his second season, being in his primary spot, which is center, I feel like he's going to play at a higher level. Sky didn't play guard, I think, uh, last time he played was like sophomore in high school. So you're asking him basically to do something he hasn't done in a very long time. And I think he would have played center if the Saints would have had offseason activities last year, and we probably would have seen a better version of Cesar Ruiz. But I think him being at his primary position at the center position, I think he's going to be much better and be that be that offensive lineman that that the Saints know that he can be. And um, number three, uh, to me, uh, 
this may not be a person that a lot of people consider to be a breakout, but I'm going to say uh, Deontay uh, Harris. Deontay Harris is going to have a breakout season. And the reason I'm saying that is because we know what he can do on special teams, right? He broke out when it comes to that. But we've seen plays in the playoffs, and we've seen uh, on nationally, nationally televised games where we've seen him, uh, you know, basically take over a game against the Buccaneers. And we've seen him uh, get behind the defenders against the Chicago Bears and, and Taysom, you know, delivered the ball a little bit late. Or, you know what I'm saying, we've seen him get behind a defender and, you know, it was underthrown or something like that. So I think with the, with the addition of a, a, a quarterback that can get the ball down the field, and actually he can utilize his strengths and his abilities to be elusive and also take the top off the defense. I think that uh, Deontay Harris is going to have a breakout season as a wide receiver. We, we know he had a breakout season as a, as a special team, as a kick and a punt returner, but not as a receiver. So those are the three guys that I'm picking. All right. Larry says, uh, I didn't know we were cousins. <laughs> Let's see. I think that too, Advine. Uh, what about the rumblings I'm hearing about Juwan Johnson moving the tight end? Well, I, look, if, if he does, that would be a pretty good idea. Um, I can see that happening. Uh, he, this guy has a, a, a big, large frame. You know, I mean, he's pretty large for a wide receiver, you know what I mean? But he can run and he's a good blocker. And the Saints like to keep around those wide receivers that can actually block, you know, like, because, you know, when you, you're you running a lot of plays, like a lot of stretch and toss plays, you need those wide receivers on the outside to be able to block in order for them to spring uh, the, the running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you want to be able to have guys on the outside perimeter that can block. And Jawan Johnson fits that mode. So if they, you know, come to him and, you know, talk to him about it, I can see it happening. And I also can see him playing that Brandon Coleman type role. You know, Brandon Coleman, we all were waiting for him to break out, right? We all were waiting for him to, you know, be everything the Saints wanted him to be. Every training camp, Brandon Coleman, Brandon Coleman, Brandon Coleman. Then all of a sudden the Saints just realized maybe this guy isn't going to be all that we think that he's going to be. And they start to put him in during red zone situations. and then Brandon Coleman started to score touchdowns, right? So maybe the Saints might have that type of offensive scheme for Jawan Johnson. But, I mean, I like to see him in a wide receiver role before I just completely dismiss him as a receiver. Because I said this on the last show, I think that we have to look at some of these young players and we have to look at what they were actually up against. Uh, you know, with Drew Brees uh, in the twilight of his career, very limited uh, due to some of the injuries that were piling up on them. So some of these guys didn't get the opportunity to do some of the things that they were good at because it didn't fit what Drew Brees could bring to the table at the time. So I think that this year um, we need to start evaluating these guys a little bit differently. Okay. I think that uh, as far as their skill set, I think that is uh, something that we need to evaluate because here's the thing what Sean Payton does. He he builds up these schemes and he creates these schemes rather for these wide receivers to thrive in his offense. Like back in the days, we seen it with the Meachams, right? With the Devery Hendersons, right? With the Joseph Morgans and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and Lance Moores and Willie Sneeds. The things that they specialized in, Sean Payton had a package for those guys. And I feel like with the limitations of Drew Brees, 
he kind of had to make the offense a little bit more Drew friendly to count for to account for the limitations that Drew Brees was dealing with. So a lot of these guys didn't really show us everything that they possibly have. And some of the opportunities that these guys could have possibly had, for example, is a play breakdown. Uh, if a guy runs the right route, if he's wide open down the field, 20 plus yards, then, you know what I'm saying, we probably didn't get opportunity to see that because we knew that the ball wasn't going to go their way. So let's see what they can do with a younger quarterback with a stronger arm and can get them the football in, in situations that kind of uh, suit them. Okay. So I'm not going to say that Juwan Johnson can't be a good wide receiver. And I'm not going to say the switch in the tight end just yet before I get a large sample size of what he can possibly be as a receiver. And he's doing the right things, right? He's doing all the right things. He's working out with Jameis. He's working out with his other uh, teammates to try to build up chemistry and also to try to get better as a player. So I would love to see what he can do going into training camp. And if things don't pan out in training camp, then we can have this conversation about what should we do with Jawan Johnson. Let's just give him an opportunity to see what he can do as a receiver before we start talking about a tight end. But that was a good question, though. Tragic says, uh, hey, TJ, a high ankle sprain is far worse uh, than a routine ankle sprain, and it takes almost a year to truly recover despite what they tell you. I knew LeBron and Mike T would basically be a lost season. Yeah, Tragic, look, it's really, really tough to deal with an ankle injury. Anybody that's probably played a little pickup basketball, rather it's at the park or you, you have an opportunity to go to the gym and play, you know what I'm saying, with the guys who have hoop dreams and, you know, still got it, you know, you know, got it inside of them and stuff like that. And they still think they in game seven, the NBA finals. And, you know, you, you know what it is, man. You go up in there, you battle, you know, you try to catch a rebound, come down. On, on your ankle, man, turn sideways. That's like the worst feeling in the world, man. All of your weight coming down on your ankle, man. Like that is, oh, man, I've, I've done that on so many occasions. And it takes some time for it to heal, man. So if you're an everyday Joe Blow, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know it's going to take some time, right? If you're just a regular Joe Blow, got some adequate insurance, right? <laughs> you know, like – you're going to have to take it easy. But these guys, you know, these guys are millionaires, man. They, they get the best doctors. They get the best treatment. And even with them, it takes a long period of time. So, yeah, I mean, it is something that you definitely, you definitely have to stay off of. And it's definitely something that you can't take lightly because it, it, conti it continues to nag with you. You might like one day you might feel like absolutely great. Like you walking around, you might be able to run a little bit, nothing bothers you. And then you go to sleep, you wake up, man, you just super stiff. You know what I'm saying? It's like you limping around the house and like you just played yesterday or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I mean, those, those, those ankle injuries are, are funny, you know, it, it, very, very funny. I'll be ripping them. Thank you very much for the $2 says Mike T FPS rate farts per squat is off the chain. <laughs> well, look, hopefully, and hopefully he can, you know, and hopefully we see the, you know, the best of Mike T, you know what I'm saying? I, look, I know people was getting mad at Michael Thomas cause they like, man, he, he kind of shut it down. I had no problem with that, man. I, I didn't like we going to need Michael Thomas in the future. I'm not trying to sacrifice Michael Thomas as a, as a future New Orleans Saints player, just so I can dance around my living room and do the Benson Boogie. 
Look, I, I'd rather have him at 100%. And, and we also see how good the New Orleans Saints coaching staff, as well as some of those other players, are stepping up and taking it upon themselves to try to be able to, you know, be able to work to become a better uh, wide receiver, you know, even though Michael Thomas was down. Like, so, I mean, a lot of these guys stepped up and they and able to compensate for the loss of Michael Thomas. Alfred Andrews, thank you very much for the 499, says, do you do you drink Breeze? Do, do I think Breeze selfishness will come back to haunt us? Uh, Alfred, I would have to understand what you actually mean by being selfish. What exactly are we talking about here? Uh, there are so many ways people have said that Drew Breeze is selfish. You know, some people felt like, you know, he was selfish. In the wild card game, you know what I'm saying, against the Minnesota Vikings. Some people say that he's selfish about coming back too early. Uh, you know, some people are saying that he was selfish about coming back at all for this last for this last year. So gotta be specific about the selfishness and what, what you're saying about you know Drew Brees being that way, because I've heard so many people and so many different scenarios of people that said that Drew Brees was selfish you know I, I don't i don't know you know i mean there's so many people that say that he's selfish for so many different ways and people that are fans of drew Brees, they probably scowling right now being mad and but hey man look you gotta call it for what it is a lot of people feel that drew Brees and his actions uh were were a tad bit uh selfish man <laughs> and i know my little nephew up in here man so i want to give a special shout out to him kaylin i saw you I saw you in there, man. So I'm sorry I missed your comment, but I knew my nephew was on there. So I want to give a shout out to my nephew, man. And me and my nephew, uh, we got a, a wrestling podcast together. So that's going to come out on Friday. So y'all check it out for all my wrestling fans out there. Cross says, TJ, how do we defend the Atlanta tight end Kyle Pitts, a.k.a. the Freak? Will that be a responsibility of Jenkins or CD or maybe a linebacker? Uh, probably a little bit of everybody. You know, it depends on what he brings to the table. And, look, I don't care what you're called in college. You got to prove it on the field. I don't care what your track record was. You know, you got to go out there and you got to perform. So Kyle Pitts is an extremely talented athlete. And I'm hearing he's supposed to be like one of the best at all time. But you got to put on that uniform, man. You got to put on that uniform and you got to go to the right situation. And, I think that these Saints players are going to be up to the task. Damien said, what up, TJ? I'm all the way late. What did I miss? Just talking about Michael Thomas and uh, him not uh, working out with some of those um, other, some of his other teammates. Don't know if he's working out with them or not, but it just seems like, you know, we, we haven't seen him, so we're just wondering why. That's all. That's answering that question. Tragic says the high ankle sprain actually feels like a broken leg. It doesn't hurt near the ankle. It's more around the shin area. Yeah, man. I mean, look, all I know is you and you be in some serious pain. You be in some extremely, like, extremely serious pain, man. When, especially like when you wake up in the morning, it's been sitting stiff, like right after that. Man, my goodness. Book will be fun to watch in the preseason. Well, I think all rookies are, are fun to watch. You know, it's just that whole freshness of it all, right? You know, it, it's about the it's just about being fresh, brand new. Like, and we we look forward to watching those guys. So it's not just Ian Book. You know, I'm I'm looking 
for Kawhi Baker. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking for Paulson Adebo. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking for Werner, the, the linebacker. I'm looking for all these guys. I'm looking for some of these undrafted free agents like Trill Williams. You know, I'm looking for – I'm looking for some freshness. I'm looking for some some dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for some some real confident guys to go out there. So it's going to be interesting to see. And speaking of interesting, man, I want to thank you all for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, the State of Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, check out Manscaped.com for all your below-the-waist needs. It's two million men have preferred uh manscaped.com for all of their grooming needs and uh as mentioned at the beginning of the show for those that uh might just tuned in uh i want to thank the fine folks at manscaped for sending over uh the brand new uh lawnmower 4.0 the lawnmower 4.0 is available right now on manscaped.com and you can save 20 percent by using the promo code state of saints so thank you to all those fine folk over there at manscaped know a lot of people that follow the state of the saints podcast have uh chosen manscape and i appreciate that and for those that have not support the state of the saints podcast uh by selecting some of the items and using a promo code state of saints so the lawnmower 4.0 out right now okay it's out right now so y'all check it out and um i also want to say thank him for sending me the nose trimmer here that's available as well man so manscape.com Really good products. Guarantee you, you're going to be uh, satisfied. Mano says, uh, you know, this defense going to be scary. I hope so, man. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope we have a good defense. Architect 79, thank you very much for the 499. I appreciate that. Uh, keep pouting. Who that? <laughs> Boy, you must got, a, must got a Panthers fan in here somewhere. Okay. Okay, Matt, Matt, okay. Well, keep on, Matt. Matt, thank you so much for being here. You know, Carolina Panther fan coming through, man. I I appreciate that. Thank you so much for for being here. I mean, this is a show that focuses on the New Orleans Saints, man, but we welcome all rivals, uh, you know, any, you know, Falcon, uh, Bucks, Panthers fans, you know, I appreciate you all stopping by, you know, being a part of the show. Brian says, quit spamming. I don't think he's spamming. I think he just, you know, just came through. Even even uh talked about his defense. He said, you know, this defense is going to be scary, which explains which explains that. Okay. So he's talking about the Panthers defense. I'm not gonna lie about that, man. That defense do look uh 2017-ish from the New Orleans Saints. You know, a lot of young players uh growing together, becoming better together. I can see that. They're, they're going to have a really good defense. And one thing you can say about the Carolina Panthers, man, even though they didn't have a successful season last season, they always fought to the very end. So you got to give credit what credit is due in that regard. So I don't I don't have a problem with that, man. I mean, Carolina, I mean, I'm three hours away from Charlotte. Uh, you know, Carolina Panther fans are around here. And I, I got to say, man, I, I mean, I don't feel the same way towards Carolina Panthers fans as I do towards Falcon fans. Like, anytime I, I tell a Carolina Panther fan that I'm a Saints fan, like, I don't I don't feel any mad disrespect. And maybe it's because, who, you know what I'm saying, how I roll or, or whatever. But it's always like this, this friendly robbery. It's always respectful. I don't, I don't have a, a hatred towards Carolina like I do for the Falcons, okay? I, I just don't. Um, 
I mean, when they play the Saints, I want them to lose. And when the division on the line, I want them to fail. But I don't hate the Carolina Panthers or despise the Carolina Panthers the way I despise Falcon fans. Falcon fans are like, you know, when when I can find them, or like some of the most annoying, like delusional fans ever. Like it, it's it's sad at this point. Like it's absolutely sad at this point to watch. Like it is some sad, sad, sad stuff to watch. It, it's sad, man. Like when you just holding on with everything that you have, and you know, it, it's the the Falcon fans to me right now. It, it's like watching boxing, you know. And then I'm gonna move on. It's like watching boxing, right? And you have one boxer who got another, another box in the corner. And I'm talking about they wailing on him. I mean, stealing off on him. Know he about to go down. You know what I'm saying? Everybody on their feet because they know the last blow is about to take place. And then all of a sudden, the guy in the corner just takes his foot and ah, hits the guy in the balls. Yes, I got to say balls just for context, okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like just completely just stop the onslaught. That's exactly what the that's exactly what the Falcons looking like. The Saints have dominated them for the last, you know what I'm saying, couple of years. And what they holding on to is an overall record right now. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all they got. A couple games. I think maybe two or three games. Three games if you if you count the playoffs. That's the only thing that they have to hold on to. And, and, and other people doing things to the Saints. That's the only thing that they got to hold on to. So it's just absolutely sad to watch, man. And as a Falcon fan, look, I want you to root for your team. Loud and proud. Be proud to be a Falcon fan. But at the same time, like, as a Saint fan, I'm not going to sit up here and disrespect the Cowboy fan when it comes to the 90s because they dominate. But I can talk about how, you know what I'm saying, the, the Cowboys haven't done nothing lately. And I can put that up against the Saints actually being a relevant football team. So you got to put context on it. I just feel like that's sad, man. It, it's sad to watch these guys do this. They need to come up with better material. Kentario, thank you very much for the 499 says, uh, what they going to do about Marshawn, uh, they've been hush-hush. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going to figure out something. It's still the offseason, so I, I, I don't expect for them to – do anything right now you guys almost had terrence marshall yeah they came in and y'all came in and got him you know so he's gonna be good for you guys man i, I think he's gonna be real good for y'all uh but the panthers coaching sucks i think they're more of an analytical team you know what i'm saying they, they're playing a lot of money ball out there you know like they, they're playing a, a lot of money ball is, is what i'm seeing from them it seems like they're trying to build their team based on analytics they got Matt Rule because he's known as being a team builder. Uh, they got uh, Joe Brady because he runs a, a more, you know, sophisticated, uh, finesse-type offense similar to that of the Saints. And if you look at them, man, they're basically trying to build it the same way the Saints did, building young defensive players in their secondary, just like the Saints did. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Getting like a thunder and lightning-type combination, just like the Saints did. Uh, got a quarterback that, you know, in the right system, can be very conservative, not going to turn the ball over so many times, just like the Saints did. Uh, getting uh, offensive weapons on the outside to stretch the field, just like the Saints did. Got a, a, a pass-catching running back that can run between the ca- uh, tackles and catch out of backfield, just like the Saints did. 
The only difference is the fact that, you know, their linebacker play has been exquisite over the last couple of years. And that's the only thing that I feel like the Saints have not had. But besides that, you look at what the Carolina Panthers are doing. I mean, they basically are following the Saints blueprint. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it, that's just the way that, that it looks like to me. And I feel like they're going to find success. I, I really do. I just hope they don't find that success against the Saints. Uh, don't like the Falcons. You're not the only person. Candace White says Mike Thomas top 10, not top five. Uh, I think he's top 10. You know, I think he's top 10. Depends on what type of, uh, you know, wide receiver that you're looking at. Like a lot of people... You know, and I, I get it. This is the modern day NFL. The modern day NFL tells us to believe that if a guy isn't running a four two, running down the field, running nine routes straight down the field, then he's not a good wide receiver. Or if he's just out there, you know, what I'm saying running like quick slants and out routes, you know, they're not a good receiver. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I really don't. What, what measures greatness to me is when everybody knows that you're great. They account for your greatness and you still shine in spite of them trying to stop your greatness. That is what true depth. That's the true definition of greatness to me. When somebody tries to stop you, like they do everything within their power to neutralize you and you still perform. That is the definition of great to me. Okay. If you can do that to me, you're great, right? People don't like Floyd Mayweather, right? People don't like him. People say that he brash, he arrogant, he throwing money and, at ladies of the evening, he's out here throwing money into the street. He's out here showing how flashy and cool he is, cars, clothes, houses, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, after he leave that press conference, he gets into that ring and he makes some of the best of the best look like they just some tomato cans. So a lot of people, you know, look at that and, you know what I'm saying, they don't have an appreciation for it, but that's the true definition of greatness. You know, I'm not the biggest Mayweather fan, but hey, the dude great. Muhammad Ali, you know what I'm saying? He used to call his shot. He was great. You know, like, you know, Tom Brady, great. Drew Brees, great. You know, like, you go into the game, you go into the ring, you go into the octagon, trying to neutralize and take this guy down, and he's and there's nothing that you can do about it, right? You look at, you know what I'm saying, Khabib, right? You know, look at Khabib in the octagon. Can't stop him, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you look at Uzman, can't stop him. You look at John Bone Jones when he's sober, you can't stop him. So that's greatness to me. That is that is the true definition of greatness. You know, that, that nobody can't, you know, nobody can't stop you even when they try. So in that regards, you have to put them up there. Because if he's running slant routes, I want people to understand this. I don't think y'all understand how, how successful and how good this, this is. This dude runs slant routes. Everybody laugh at him, call him slant God, and he just runs slants. But do y'all know how hard it is to run a successful slant route? Do y'all understand that when somebody is jamming you at the line of scrimmage and they got five yards to do so? This guy literally has to break off the line, Right. He has to push the cornerback out of the way in order to take him off balance in order for him to have leverage in order for him to catch the pass. It is much easier for you if you have speed to run straight down the field, straight line, and catch a football 
Because after five yards, the cornerback can no longer touch you versus somebody jamming you at the line of scrimmage, knocking you off of your route in order for you not to catch the ball. That is very hard to do, folks. So I don't see the problem. And like I said, he does it really well. So I don't understand why people would even knock that. You know, that's my definition of great. So you got to put him in that category. You you got to put him in a category of being great. I, I just think that we just have this idea of what greatness is. And a little bit of it is just, you know, a little bit of it just kind of warped. Because, you know, the first thing they start talking about on some of these major shows, they start talking about arm talent, right? He can make all the throws, right? So if, if Patrick Mahomes can throw 60 yards off his back foot, he can throw no-look passes across the field. He can, you know what I'm saying, he can fit passes into a tight window. Then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, that's what we feel like the standard is. So anything, anybody else that comes along that can't do the things that Patrick Mahomes does, then they're considered middle of the pack or average, which is not even the case, right? You know, there's different ways you can do things, all right? You know, like there's different ways you can get to your destination. Some people hop in that Ferrari, go 110 plus miles per hour down the highway, get there fast, right? You got other people out here, you know, might get themselves a standard car, might get there a little bit, you know what I'm saying, slower than than, than than the luxury vehicle, right? But you might have a Prius. That Prius, you know what I'm saying, might not be as fast as those other two cars, but guess what? It's going to get to its destination. There's so many ways that you can do things. I don't want us to just fall into what we consider greatness is, is this one particular thing. And, and if we're not careful, we'll start falling into that narrative. So let's not do that, folks. You know, I mean, just, I mean, if you want to do it like that, fine. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some people like, I don't agree with you, TJ. That's fine. Okay, but as for me, as for me, I just feel like, you know, you can't measure greatness based on just one individual because one individual does things completely different from another. You know, it's, it's like LeBron and Michael Jordan. LeBron and Michael Jordan, right? LeBron is more of a brute force type guy in, in certain situations. He might facilitate the ball, pass the ball out for other person, you know what I'm saying, get shine and take the shot. And, and some people look down on it, but at the same time, he can still put up 27 and eight, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to, I mean, in, in about 10, 11 assists, but when you look at somebody like Michael Jordan and everybody in the arena, know he's going to take the ball and he's going to shoot it. But when it all said and done, everybody's going to say LeBron was great. Michael Jordan was great. Two different players, but still great. I'm going to scroll down a little bit to Ramsey. Ramsey says, what up TJ game of the week? arm and and uh arm and of the dam and my little hope uh the creator appeal until dawn is a bonus game because of the same studio they uh both have all through uh have such a beautiful well ramsey i'm not too sure about what the game is it looked like it says arm of the damned i think that's what you're talking about but um ramsey is uh you know, the guy who tells us about the video games of the week. So for all my video gamers out there, y'all check out Ramsey, man. He's down in the comments. He'll tell you the game to watch out and be, be on the lookout for. Slant Rouse is hard to guard for a cornerback, TJ. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, in a certain way. But if you look, if you if you have good hand, you know, good hands, and you're jamming, you got a good strength, you can knock a wide receiver. You can knock a wide receiver off their route. You know, like you can. We see this all the time, man. I know, I know some of us see these videos of these uh cornerbacks working out. You can knock a guy off their route. It is it's not it's not an easy route to run. Like if you if you're it's an extremely disruptive route that you run. And if you're going up against some elite competition, it's kind of hard to do. Uh hey TJ, what's your take on uh Joe Tryon? Um Refresh my memory. Hold on. That name sounds familiar. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm before I start talking. I want to make sure that I'm I'm saying the right thing. Okay. Yeah, the linebacker, the linebacker from Tampa Bay, right? That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, think he just I mean, I think that I think that was the right choice for him. Look, this is a this is a team that don't really have too many weaknesses. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due here. They don't have they don't have too many weaknesses. So for them to go out here and get themselves a, a young, uh, get themselves a young linebacker, I think that is a plus. And plus, on top of that, look what look, man, this is an embarrassment of riches. Like you got to admit this as a Saints fan. I mean, they they got an embarrassment of riches. They got Levante David, they got Devin White. I mean, and now they got this this guy up in there. You know what I'm saying? So they, you know what I'm saying? You got Shaq Barrett, who also is a linebacker. So adding this guy right here, they can have a very dangerous room. And I like what they did. This is a team that really, like I said, don't have many weaknesses. So adding uh him uh, to the team, Tryon, uh, I think it was a plus. I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, I was gonna say the, the right guy, because there was another guy that kind of had the same similar name that I was thinking about. So I wanted to make sure that I was t- t- I was going to give the right person. That was the person I was thinking about, but just wanted to make sure. It's mostly 12-year-olds and don't understand the game that talk about Michael Thomas, uh, same ones that talk about Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of people that don't understand the game because, you know, <laughs> because, you know, it, it's so much television watching going on. And, and if you're not careful – it will warp your mind. I'm just being serious. It, it will basically skew your judgment and make you believe that things are exactly what they say they are. But you got to peel back the surface and we got to understand. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm into broadcasting and I understand like the behind the scenes type stuff and how it works. But a lot of these guys, I mean, to be honest with you, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And then most of the time, guys are basically giving their opinion like uh, look that's why i tell people all the time like i don't want anybody to make it seem like my word is gospel you know you have some people you know that they get mad at me they'll say things like oh you think that you ain't never wrong i'm like do i ever get on 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 this camera or do i ever get behind this mic and say i'm always right no man you know like People start to like create these narratives about you, which I really don't understand. Right. So I'm, I'm just a person giving my opinion about something. My opinion does not like trump anybody else's. Like we're talking about football. You may feel a certain way. Now, I might see a comment and I might not agree with the comment, but that don't mean that you're like your 
stance is completely dismissed because I'm behind a microphone. But back to what I'm saying, it's just opinionated. And a lot of people take people's opinion and, and we make it seem as if it's true. And it's not. Right? You know what I'm saying? These guys have individuals talking in their ears. They got people that are behind the scenes in a production room feeding them analytics, feeding them numbers and stats to make them sound like they know what they're talking about. So a lot of times we feel like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? This is the way that it is because such and such said it. No, no. These guys sit down, they prep. What are we going to talk about today? Well, let's talk about this story about, I don't know, Deshaun Watson. What, what's happening with him? Let's go ahead and talk about him. Okay, let's throw a little Cowboys up in here. LeBron still hurt. Let's talk about Anthony Davis having 40-plus points. You know, stuff like that. So it's entertainment at the end of the day. These guys look at ratings every quarter called the Nielsen ratings. And the presidents and the executives, they, they, they fan these in the faces of these guys and be like, man, look, oh, man, we're down such, such percent. You know what I'm saying? We were down this certain demographic. And then what you think they're going to do? They're going to get behind the mic. I feel like Aaron Rodgers needs to go to the 49ers. Something crazy like that. So you can be like, what? And get on your phone and start typing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's entertainment, man. And I think we fall into that. So all I'm saying is this, man. You know, all, all I'm saying is this. Don't allow certain narratives to trump your mind. Research it yourself and find your own conclusions. There are times where people will tell you the right things. They'll say the right things. They'll tell you, give you the right information. But if you follow, if you start following the news, you'll understand. You know, the, the news has this, this certain this certain wave about it right now. And it's about not telling you what you need to hear Tell them what you they feel like you you want to hear, right? So that's not falling today. But as far as Michael Thomas is concerned, he's a really good wide receiver, no doubt about it. Mike Marshall says, "Listen, folks, if the man catches over ninety five percent of balls coming his way, he's great. Straight up." TJ, who is your dark horse at training camp? Mine is Kawhi Baker and Trey Williams. Um, my dark horse at training camp. Trying to see, trying to look behind. Uh, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say Landon Young, uh, the the offensive tackle out of Kentucky. I, I feel like he can be. I, I'm look. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like get away from like all the the, the the sexy positions. I think we need to still a little credit to the guys in the trenches. So I'm gonna say Landon Young, man. Landon Young was a late round pick. I feel like he can be a guy that can make some noise. Joy says, will Ian Book have some packages this season? Uh, only if Amazon deliver them to his house. <laughs> Danny Boy, two-step, thank you for the $2, says Rams. Are they contenders again with Matt Stafford? Absolutely. Rams were contenders last year. They they went to the playoffs, right? They went to the playoffs, so absolutely. They, man, look, I'm, I'm biased, man, because I like Matthew Stafford. I'm biased about it, so take it for what it is. Juan Baker is the wide receiver from South Alabama. Trill is the safety cornerback from Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah, I know both of those guys. Uh, both of those guys are extremely talented. They, they made some noise. Uh, both of those guys have some uh, some things they need to work on, in my opinion. But 
if they come in there confident, I think they'll, you know, make the team in some capacity. Christopher said, we lost a lot of key players in the offseason. Tampa still got the same squad. Well, you, you that is absolutely true, but here's, here's the difference. One of those teams won a Super Bowl. One of those teams won a Super Bowl. And, and, and why do I say that? It's because one team has a huge target on their back. And no matter if they're playing the Jets or they're playing the Saints, they're going to get everybody's best shot. And they're going to have to be prepared for it. I think a lot of the games, Tampa kind of flew under the radar. You know, a lot of people didn't realize how good those guys were. They started peaking at the right time. But everybody knows how good they are. They're the champs. So with that comes a huge responsibility. I mean, it's hard to stay on top. And I think Tampa, if they're not prepared, they're going to find out. So I'm not I'm not saying that they won't. A lot of talent on that team. A lot of talent. A lot, a lot of talent. But they're going to be getting teams' best shots. So they got to be prepared. Rams got slightly better. They look a very NFC runner-up. <laughs> well, look, they, they've always been runner-up-ish. You know, like, to be honest with you, you know, it should have been runner-up-ish. In 20, uh, 2018, I think we all can agree to that. Uh, but um, they're a good football team, man. They got they got a good coach out there. Sean McVay does a really good job. He he deserves like all the credit that he gets as an offensive innovator. Uh, he definitely has Sean Payton number. I, I'm sorry, folks. It is what it is. Sean Payton, uh, that is that is that's a little bit of his kryptonite right there, man. How, has Sean Payton ever beat Sean McVay? I'm just, I mean, yeah, over okay, in that in that game, uh, week eight back in 2018, they did beat him on that, and that let when uh, Michael Thomas ran, uh, caught the pass for 200 yards, right? I, I stand correct, right? I just had to correct myself, but anyway, like for the most part, Sean McVay has Sean Payton number, right? So there it is. Hey TJ, we finally picked up a couple LSU players. Finally, <laughs> yeah, it took a while, but we got some, right? <laughs> Danny says, what the hell was that comment? I almost had a stroke reading that. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I can I can say the Bucks defense won a Super Bowl in the start of the playoffs. They just got hot at the right time. Yeah, they started peaking at the right time. That is important. That is important. The Athletic really picked the Saints 19th in their post-draft power rankings. Uh, Going to be fun proving folks wrong. Well, look, like I said, falling into that narrative. Falling into the narrative. The narrative is if you don't get the sexiest players in the first in the first round of the draft for the first three rounds, then it's a failure. Let them talk. I don't buy into that stuff, man. I don't buy into it. But um, I think this is the right time for me to, uh, you know, have some church announcements here on the State of the Saints podcast. We got some good things lined up, man. First and foremost, um, I finally decided to uh, go ahead and let go of my night job uh, that I was working to really focus fully on this podcast. Um, I feel like this podcast is going in, in, in a really positive direction. And, you know, I, me being a broadcaster, you know, I remain broadcasting at 90.9 FM uh, in the afternoons and being a producer there. But the State of the Saints podcast is something that I built from the ground up and I'm really proud to do. Uh we not only have created podcasts, we also created a brand. And 
I'm going to work towards trying to build this brand the best way possible. Uh, we got some merchandise coming out soon. Uh, we're going to uh, have T-shirts that I'm working on right now. Uh, we're going to have other merchandise that's going to be available like right away. Um, you know, that that's something that I, I really felt that was really important before I started ruling stuff out. So we're going to be having shirts uh, that's going to be coming out like really, really soon. That's why I asked um, on the social media page, people sizes so I can have an idea about how many type of, you know what I'm saying, different uh, sizes that I need to, you know, create. Uh, we're going to have like more uh, podcast shows. Uh, we're going to, man, really make a run at this, man. I told everybody at the beginning earlier that I wanted this show to be one of the top New Orleans Saints shows that you, you tune into. And we have done just that. So I feel like it was the right time to do so. And uh, it's not only, you know, just something that I'm passionate about. I mean, this is something that I, I feel like now is a job. You know what I mean? Like, so I thank y'all, man, for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I thank y'all for sticking by me. I, I thank y'all for believing in me, I, believing in this podcast, for us to get to this point. Uh, we're going to continue to grow. Uh, tomorrow on the State of Saints podcast, got uh, two interviews. Uh, one is uh, Mike Dettier. He will be on the show. Mike has been on here a couple times. And also, we're going to have Jim Trotter, man, from the NFL Network and also part of the podcast with, with my good friend Steve Weish on the Huddle and Flow podcast. So both of those guys will be on the show tomorrow. Uh, I, I keep you posted on the times in which they're going to be on there. I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mike Dettier will be on the show at 10 a.m., Eastern time, 9, 9, uh, 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Uh, Central time. So be on the lookout for that, man. I thank y'all and just continue to help support the State of Saints podcast. Now it's real, man. It's real now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a job now. It's not just, you know, a hobby. A hobby is turned into a job, and I'm, I'm glad to say that. So we're going to make a run at this, man. We're going to make State of the Saints podcast the best podcast on the planet. Larry Bryant, if Taysom is our starter, we easily the number one rushing team in the league without a defense that equals chip, baby. Man, that's a strong statement, Terrence. But I'm not going to knock you for that. That's, that's a person that really believes in Taysom. Not, not going to knock you for that. So what's your prediction for this season? I'm thinking 11 and, 11 and 6. Yeah, I'm thinking 11 and 6, or they might go 10 and 7, something like that. Uh, like my guy Flash from the Five Heartbeats, Buck's gonna learn it's lonely at the top. <laughs> Flash coming out in the next two weeks. Know that boy was working on that album. Know he was working on that album. <laughs> uh, when we won the Super Bowl, we had our whole team back uh, to look what happened that year. They have to be on their game. Yep, they gotta do it. Congratulations, brother. I appreciate that, man. We'll see how it goes. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm building something here. I know, you know, I, that's why I said at the beginning of the show, I don't want people to think that, oh, you know, you didn't made it and all that kind of, no, I have not. I, I am still trying to build this podcast. And, and I don't feel bad about saying that. You know, some people want to hide what's going on behind the scenes. People want to make it seem like they own and they're so important. And look, man, I can't be that way. I can't, you know, like, I, and, and you look at, and I look at like a lot of these uh, podcasters, they'd be like, 
how to run a successful podcast, what you need to do. And like, man, if I, I can't stay true to myself and I can't stay real to the people that made me who I am. I don't want to do it. I, I, I'd rather not do it, man. I don't want to be, I don't want to look in the mirror and be like, man, I don't like what I see. I'm proud that I built this podcast and, and along with you all coming along, helping that we got to this point. You know, I, I am, you know, like that, that's, that's one of my crowning achievements. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, having my son being married, you know what I'm saying? That, I mean, it's, it's up there, you know, because I, I mean, this is like one of those things where I feel like we stayed true. You know, we ain't, we ain't go out here and, and sell out and do a whole bunch of other stuff that didn't work. Like we, we built something special here and I'm proud of it. And I think you all should be too. And I, I thank all the supporters that, you know, that, that that support this podcast, that make it what it is, that that ever bought a t-shirt, that that sent in ideas, that, you know, that believe in me. You know, sometimes when I don't even believe in myself, like there's a lot of time where I second guess myself and am I good enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, did, you know, and it's always positive energy that comes my way, man, that, that, that shows me that I'm on the right path. So thank y'all for that. Uh, Stroll down a little bit. Who you think will be wide receiver two this year? Good question. Uh, well, I'll have to say Traquan Smith. <laughs> I'll have to say Traquan. And for those that don't know uh, what the, uh, the treatment is, you'll see. Uh, there's still work to do, TJ. Oh, yeah, plenty. Plenty. Plenty of work to do, but we're going in the right direction. Are you excited with Jameis possibly being the starter? He can throw the football, just needs to get rid of some interceptions, and Sean Payton can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing. I, I said this before. Uh, Sean Payton is going to utilize Jameis's strengths, and with those strengths, he's going to build offense around him. So I think it's going to be very, very good for both both parties. Defense wins games. Yeah, I, I I ain't trying to see the Saints score a whole bunch of points and don't have no defense. I'm 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 over that. Congratulations, TJ. We're going to support you, brother, and and I appreciate that. And I appreciate that. Like I'm serious. Like <laughs> I, I just don't, you know. Like I said, I, I just don't. I, I just don't see or feel how anybody, you know, can, you know, not stay true to the people that made them who they are. Like I I just don't. And that, that's something that I, man, the fact that the fact that people can come here and I see familiar names come across this feed and I see new names and people tell me, you know, they enjoy the show and they appreciate it and everything like that means a lot to me. Cause I, I, I mean, I know that we stay true. Like man, Jerry, I tell you, you know what I'm saying? Jerry, I feel like Jerry has seen it. Chemo has seen the, the, the beginning of it. Bobby has seen the beginning of Bobby Cross. Like they they seen like the State of the Saints podcast in its infancy. And you know what I'm saying? They they seen where it came from. And it just, you know, the journey to get where we are right now, just even to get to this point for me to tell y'all that, you know, that I, I made that decision. You know, it, it means a lot. So like I said, I'm gonna make a run at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what, what I'm made of. Go Ravens. That being said, you Saints be my NFC team. 
uh, though on the low, if not the Ravens, and playing with the Saints on May. Jeremiah, I appreciate that, man. And I like the Ravens. You know, I think the Ravens are a hard-nosed, tough football team. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Uh, Jules, uh, who was an avid uh, supporter of the State of the Saints podcast, he's a Baltimore Ravens fan. He's always in the chat. But they're a hard-nosed football team. And I'm, I'm always, I always got respect for uh, – a, a hard-nosed blue-collar town, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's what Baltimore is to me. So I got a lot of respect for for the Ravens, no doubt about it. Love watching the Ravens play those those classic defenses, those classic matchups: Steelers versus Ravens on Sunday night or CBS. Always with some good football games, man. If you like old-school smash-mouth football, I mean, you had to enjoy both of those teams. I love whenever you go live; it's amazing, bro. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that, Joey. Um, yeah, man, I love going live, you know. And and with that, it's gonna come more shows, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I want to make sure that I give you all the show every single day, but I don't want to do shows when I'm not feeling the topics or I just want to get behind the mic and just want to talk about something. That's something I don't want to do. I don't want to be like that. So my goal is to give you all great content every single day. Um, that that's the goal here. Give me your thoughts on Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn. I'm a Detroit fan. Uh, Don, I think that you have two cornerstone coaches that can turn around your franchise. But look, the Ford family gotta get better at, at rolling out the red carpet for some of these, for some of these guys. Um, I heard Calvin Johnson say in the interview about how things were when he was there, and that's not a good look. Uh the Detroit Lions need to change their culture in a way that they roll out the red carpet and they and they present themselves to uh, free agents. Uh, they got to make themselves an attractive destination spot, and and it's tough when when you have a family that's not doing everything that they possibly can and being cheap as hell. Uh, I think that Dan Campbell is what they actually need. I think he can change the culture. I think Aaron Glenn, who can instill confidence uh, in the secondary, uh, I think that those guys together collectively can turn around a franchise. Now, first things first, you need to work on the running game. You, you got to get better at running the football. It, it's been a long time since y'all had a bell cow back that you can count on game in, game out to win y'all some football games. All right, that's number one. Number two, don't know if y'all going to keep Jared Goff or not. Don't know, but I do know this. Get some players around him that can ball out, that can play. All right, and, and number three, fix your defense, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, at least if while your offense is trying to find his identity, fix your defense. So that that's the, that's those are the keys that I feel like can help, help fix Detroit. But your owners have to make sure that they do the right things for, by the coaches, by the front office. And, man, look. Stop being cheap and, and stop just going to the, the, the next person that just sells themselves really well. Like, do your due diligence. Like, some guys are, can really sell themselves. And when they get into that room, you think that you got the best GM, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the best GM you ever seen in your entire life. And they turn out to be Matt Millen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no disrespect to Matt Millen, great player in his day. But as a as an executive guy, nah. So, Let's try to see if we can do our due diligence. You know, I talked about the Carolina Panthers earlier, about them kind of playing money ball 
and building their team analytically. But a little bit of that dynamic I can appreciate. And I think that's something that Detroit needs to do because Detroit, once again, another blue collar town, work hard, dedicate themselves to the Detroit line, win, lose, or draw they up in that thing. And, and Detroit, you know, like, man, they go through so much in that city. You know what I'm saying? The state of Michigan in, in, in general go through so much. Don't you want to have a football team that, got, you know what I'm saying, be like, man, I know that the job that I have ain't all that. But at least the Lions winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least you can look on the bright side of things. I mean, that's the way I feel about it, John. Help, you know, I mean, you got to help You got to help your uh, your coaches and stuff like that. You got to make it attractive. You got you to make it attractive, man. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. But I like the Lions. I do. I mean, I've I been, man, bruh, one of my favorite teams on Tecmo Bowl, right? One of my favorite teams, you know, when they had Rodney Pete. Patting that ball to Herman Moore. Barry Sanders was unstoppable on that thing. You know, like, so, like Detroit Lions, man, I, I always want to see those underdog teams succeed. I always want to see that. I always want to see that underdog team succeed. And Lord knows, man, please get a running back. Y'all y'all tried, man. Y'all tried to get job at best. Y'all tried to get Kevin Smith, who got ran into the ground at Central Florida. Uh, y'all got, tried to get Reggie. You know what I'm saying? Reggie had some good years with y'all, but he wasn't an every down back to me. Y'all tried to get LeGarrette Blunt. Y'all had Carrion Johnson. I mean, y'all got Swift out there right now. But, man, come on, man. Where, where's the big bruise at, okay? Where, where's the guy that's going to carry guys down the field? Where the Derrick Henry at? Like, get somebody like that, man. Somebody that 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 resembles Detroit. Like, you, you – Dying last statement. Y'all have no identity right now. Like, y'all identity changes from year to year. Like, when I think about, you know, like when we just start talking about the Steelers, start thinking about defense. Start talking about the Saints, finesse offense, right? Start talking about Tampa. Start talking about their legendary defense. Carolina, defense. Falcons, for the most part, good offense, high-powered offense. Detroit, I mean – Good defense one year, bad offense the next. Like, you, you need identity. You need identity and stick with it. So, hopefully, uh, Dan Campbell can do that. TJ, do you think the Bucks Super Bowl hangover or miss playoffs? Uh, I think they're going back to the playoffs. Or oh, when the Aints go marching in. I don't I don't know who this actually came from. Uh, you got to state your team, man. You got to state your team. Don't, don't throw the brick and hide your hand. Wave your flag loud and proud, my friend. High 704s. Uh, old school. Barrett was nasty. Yeah, he definitely was. Barrett Sanders was a beast. They should have let that man go so he could have went and won a championship. You know, ain't, done, uh, ain't done without washed up Drew Brees. Um, let's see. I don't know. He said used to pitches, so I don't know. I know that's Carson Wentz, right? So I don't know if you're a Colts fan or you're an Eagles fan. Either way, you, I mean, either way, still need some help. TJ, uh, Saints versus Bucks week one, that's bold prediction. Need to be. That sells itself. I want to see Sherman in our secondary. Me too. Jared Goff going to help them. 
I don't think Jared Goff is as bad as as people making him out to be, but I will say this. Sean McVay is one of the best offensive-minded coaches in football, so if he can't get you where you need to be, well, you know, don't worry, TJ. T24 Mamba 8 is blocked. <laughs> well, Jerry said, ain't nobody coming between him and his piece. In the words of Deion Sanders, the bus uh, was a bad dude. Yeah, he definitely was, man. And even like if you want to go a little further, you know, Bam Morris and Franco Harris, man, Barry Foster, Merrill Hodge. I'm talking about the Steelers now. We don't switch teams. I just ain't no uh, Hurts fan. Okay, so you're an Eagles fan. Ain't nothing wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles for the exception that they just fired their coach. Uh, they just let go of a player that they gave up the house and the cars, the kids, and the dog for. Uh, the cap struck. Uh, barely, you know what I'm saying? Like secondary needs some help. Linebackers need some help. Got Fletcher Cox. That's probably the bright spot. I mean, I wouldn't be talking, man. You missed the playoff. So I don't I don't know. I like that I understand that y'all won a, a Super Bowl recently for the first time in franchise history, but I mean mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute uh since y'all, you know, actually done something outside of that Super Bowl. Maybe y'all still celebrating that Super Bowl too much. TJ, what you think about us getting Terrence Marshall Jr. before y'all had a chance to draft him for your offense? Uh if, I think y'all needed them more than what the Saints did. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, you know, so I'm not mad at that. I mean, if, if I feel like this. If you're picking players out of spite, even if that's – I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, that's out of spite. If you're picking players out of spite, you're a failure of an organization. And I fail to believe that the Panthers are a failure of an organization. I think that they need some weapons. They need some guys that can actually run – that type of offense and also the dynamic you got to understand, man, when Terrence Marshall won national championship game, who was his offensive coordinator? That's right. Joe Brady. So he's picking a guy who actually knows the offense that he's trying to run. So I don't think that is as petty as people making it out to be. I think that if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Just like Richard Sherman coming to the Saints right now would be perfect sense. Carnell Lake. Yeah, Carnell Lake. He was a beast, too. Saw a video of Quine. He's looking good. Yeah, he was out there rolling around, man. Still, You can still still see he not at full strength, though. Send a shout-out to Manscaped for supporting SOTS podcast, but most important, thank you, TJ, for bringing this podcast to life, giving the Who That Nation a forum to speak on. Shelton, I appreciate that, man, and uh, I definitely appreciate Manscaped, and thank them for supporting me and, you know, Thanking a lot of the podcast, so thank them for that. We still beat y'all with a scrub. Uh, that was the first time y'all beat the Saints in some years, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's not let's let's not get this twisted, right? The last couple of times y'all lost in the playoffs, y'all lost to the Saints, right? Y'all lost to the Saints back when the Saints, you know what I'm saying? Like back in 2006 when we played them in playoffs, knock y'all out. Saints beat y'all again. In the playoffs in Philly, right? Then the Saints again beat y'all to sleep recently, 48 to 7. Then again, beat y'all in a divisional round in the playoffs. So for the first time, y'all beat the Saints, and I don't know how long. 
Now, all of a sudden, you want to beat on your chest and come here and talk about the Saints? Man, dude, check this out, man. The Philadelphia Eagle fan base are the most fickle fan base I've ever seen in my entire life. Y'all boo people so much, y'all don't even give people a chance in order for them to go through any type of motions. That's the reason why your organization, staff, team, and MNF and crew have been failures. But yet, you want to come on here and talk about the Saints? Yeah, y'all beat the Saints one time in the last, I don't know, God, I don't know how long. But then, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. The Eagles? Are we going to act like the Eagles didn't play in the worst or don't play in the worst division in football? Like, honestly, if y'all didn't play in a mass mass media market, nobody would be talking about the Eagles. Y'all in the same division with the Cowboys, who, who dominate the media waves, the Giants, who dominate the media waves, and Philadelphia. Y'all play in Philadelphia. So outside of those particular things, and people just know that these type of divisions will bring ratings to their show, nobody is checking for y'all. Y'all not an offensive, defensive firepower. Y'all not a, even an NFL firepower. Y'all joke. Like, seriously, man. Like, the last image that people seen of y'all's team was a coach giving up week 17 because the front office, I don't care what anybody says, told him to tank the game. So, a team with no integrity, no, no pizzazz, no respect, is going to come on the State of the Saints podcast and talk about a quarterback that's retired and now all of a sudden they're not going to be anything? No, it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to be anything. So miss me with that. What have y'all done outside of winning that championship? What have y'all done since then besides beat on y'all chest and act like that, that Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying, just gives y'all relevance? Y'all are relevant because of the media market. It has absolutely nothing to do with y'all football team. So miss me with that nonsense. The Saints are a better football team than y'all, have won more games over the last five years than y'all, and have beaten y'all more times in this last decade than y'all have beaten the Saints. We have sent you all home crying. Every time we played y'all in the playoff, for the exception, you won't go back to when Bobby Abel was there. So until you actually fix your team and figure out who y'all going to throw the ball to, who going to run the football, and who going to stop who from catching the ball, miss me with that. Just want to let that be known, man. Hold this L for Man, look, I respect the grind. I respect the confidence. But this is the Eagles we talking about. I mean, straight up joke. Joke. Right as of right now, okay? I'm not saying they were always a joke. I'm saying as of today. We're doing this show May 10th, 2021. The Eagles are a joke. So ain't nothing else needs to be said, T24. There's nothing you there's nothing you can say to combat that. There's, there's nothing you can say to combat that. This team needs some help. I'm not even talking about – I'm not even talking about them playing the same because they don't even play in the same division. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, they play in the same conference, not the same division. Y'all got a lot of work to do, man. A lot. A lot, a lot. Like, uh, a lot, a lot. Don't forget the drubbing we gave them in regular season. That, that's what I'm talking about. What, 48 to 7 or something like that? 
Which division do you think is the best? That's not that's not even close. That's not even close. <laughs> NFC South is better. <laughs> NFC South is better, man. But I want to say thank you all. And I, I mean this, man. Even, even you know, T24, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming into the Lions Den, man. Look, I know you love the Eagles. You know, shouts out to you, man, being an Eagle fan. Shouts out to Dime. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out uh, to, you know, I want to make sure I get your name right, brother. I want to make sure that I get it right um, before I get up out of here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens fan, you know, also for being here. Uh, thank you so much. You know, I appreciate you all stopping by, being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And, you know, we do this show uh, quite regularly, man. So we try to focus on the New Orleans Saints. But if you got a question about uh, another team, feel free. Like, feel free, man. Feel free to ask your question. Like, I'm pretty well-rounded when it comes to the National Football League. I kind of keep up with every team. So if you have a question, man, you're, you're not a Saints fan, you're a fan of the Ravens, you're a fan of the Eagles, you're a fan of the uh, Ravens, the Bucks. we welcome you here, okay? Uh, I, I don't too much welcome trolling, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you want to troll and stuff like that, I mean, you got to come with it, though. You know, that, that's, why I, that's why I come with it, though. You know, you got to come with it. You, if, you, if you're going to come here and troll, you got to come with it. But thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast and previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And if you're new, man, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you. Love to talk, you know, to you about football. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And also uh, check out Manscaped, manscaped.com, the official uh, sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And use the promo code State of Saints, and you'll save 20% off of your purchase on manscaped.com. They got the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 that's available right now. Uh, check it out. Uh, also have other items uh, such as the node trimmer here that's available on Manscaped. And just also all type of other products, man. It's Two million men worldwide choose Manscaped. And also for people that's listening uh, and outside the United States, there are free international shipping for you that's available. So thank you all so much. Really do appreciate it. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>